0: Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Very cool. Very cool. Michael Sue. thank you for joining me. You are the founder of Measure and Hack, found at measurexhack.co. Thank you for joining me with Listening with Leaders. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited about this. Oh, thanks. So tell us you come out of the financial background. Tell us about your background, and, and, and then we'll get into what Measure and Hack does and, and go from there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I started out as I'm a, I'm a trained accountant, um, and I was almost argue that I'm tripped into it, right? I was thinking that I can do accounting for a little bit, and then I would get out to do real business because that's always what I wanted to do. But I ended up staying, I ended up staying, and I ended up just becoming overly fascinated with systems and data and numbers and metrics. So Deep Sky was my original company, and I ran that for 13 years. We still have it. Um, And that's kind of an outsourced CFO management consultant for small businesses. And then Measure & Hack is my passion project that's kind of been around. But I just was able to really focus on it for the last, you know, let's call it two years, you know. And that's that's the future. As we were talking about earlier, Deep Sky is the past that brought me here. It's been great. Measure and hack is the future. I, mean, I can I can I can spend all day on it.
0: So tell us, tell us if you can. In summary, what is measure and hack?
1: So measure and hack is really a methodology that I that I that was born out of Deep Sky, right? Um, with accounting background, accountant, we're really good at quantifying businesses, you know, um, starting with financial metrics, operational metrics, sales, marketing, all that stuff. And then over time, I realized you can pretty much quantify everything in life. Really? Yeah. And if you quantify everything in life, if you can, you know, that whole saying, if you can measure it, you can manage it. Right. And I will even go a step further. If you can manage it, you can optimize it. And I've since tried that out in all aspects of my life and have data going all the way back to 2013 on every single day of my life. So, I'm just super excited about that. So finally the last year or two I've been putting together a lot of, you know, learning material, a lot of, you know, tools, a lot of ideas. You know, I I'm not 100% sure what's going to look like 30 years from now, but I hope it's going to be something big and, and, and ridiculous.
0: Well, what is it that you you're obviously very excited about this project? What is it that what is it that gets you so excited about Measure and Hack?
1: You know, you know, it's it's that I, I I mean, my personal story and just seeing being around and seeing all the entrepreneurs around me. I know I know a lot of I know a lot of you know really successful entrepreneurs. Yet, you know, it always seems like there's a choice. Like we're either choosing to be financially rich or we're choosing to be happy. Like you hear all these kind of saying, like money is the root of all evil. You think like I'd rather be happy than rich, or you know, oh, that guy's so rich, he must be miserable. And I was thinking, I'm always thinking like. Why, why, why is it a choice? Why, why is it one or the other? Why can't I be happy and rich, you know, and, and, and through my personal and through my personal um, life experience, uh, you know, really quick, just back in 2013 through 15, I spent two years taking care of my healing father who ended up passing away and just watching him. I spent all my life trying to impress him, you know, and then just watching him go through that. I'm thinking, man, we work so hard to chase after, you know, whatever it is, either financial, you know, well-being, financial, you know, richness or whatever, only in the end to kind of regret. And one of the biggest regret, I, I don't know if you've seen the 12 regrets, one of it, it's not living up to your full potential, right? Right. And, and I struggle between the last generation, the last bit of Gen X and like millennial, right? Millennials got this whole, YOLO, you only live once, let's just go out and party, forget about tomorrow. And then Gen X, we have that, you know, you're working hard. And I find that balance to be hard. But I believe Measure and Hack is the one where you can be happy and be rich today and tomorrow. You know, it's not just a, hey, you know what, forget everything. Don't worry about the future. Don't plan ahead and be, quote unquote, irresponsible. But also, it's not like, hey, you know what, let me work 30 years to trade my entire life for retirement or whatever that means
0: yeah that doesn't make sense either I, you know i i'm really resonating with you're saying with, with what you're talking about michael i I left the practice of law in 2000 mid-career yeah um, to pursue my own passion of peacemaking and helping yeah. conflicts and it was the best choice i ever made um and i think you're right i think you can't there's no, the only thing that stops you from being happy is yourself and your own yes. mindset and Yes. So you have to learn how to have a happiness mindset. Yes, and and when you get that, then everything else falls into place. Yes, absolutely, and and that and that's why I'm so passionate about it because
1: I feel like it's finally something that I can, you know, put together. I mean, I always had ideas around it, but finally, I can, I'm starting to put together this idea and be able to you know, preach the gospel or whatever, share it with other people. I I definitely have not made it. Like if, if I have made it, I probably wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be talking. What,
0: is, what does it mean when you say you haven't made it?
1: I honestly don't know. I honestly don't <laughs> think that day ever comes. You know, I, I used to think, I used to have a thing like, you know, my father My father was a really successful entrepreneur and he retired at, 40, uh, at 46, yeah. So it was always my dream to retire at 45, just be one year, you know, beat him by one year. And then after just that whole ordeal back in 2013, 14, and then just watching him pass away, like, it doesn't really matter anymore. I don't think I will ever retire. I don't think I will ever make it.
0: Why would you want to retire? I mean, if you're doing what you love, like I'm 72 years old. I love what I do. Every single day I get up excited. I mean, I I'm it. never going to quit what I do. I love it. And I can feel
1: it just talking. That's why I was so excited. I watch your video. I'm like, this guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so it's yeah like when i when i when i'm 72 i want to have the same passion and the same drive and keep doing the same thing and that's why i'm so passionate
0: about it right well i mean it, and and unfortunately i don't know how people get off that track well i do because for for the first half of my career i was a civil trial lawyer that's a miserable job um very prestigious but right. for, and for the amount of hours you're putting in and is and all that great i mean it's good right. but but still lots of unhappiness, um, you know, I don't think it, I I agree with you, I don't think you have to give up on happiness to be financially successful, and, and getting it made, I mean, what do I, I don't need any more awards, I don't need any more recognitions, right, I've gotten all, I, I, you know, I've gotten all kinds of awards over my career for doing all kinds of stuff, and I don't need that stuff anymore. Yeah, absolutely, you know, I mean, so, somehow
1: we were, we were prescribed that, right, you right. know, I, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, I get a job. I'll be happy when I marry the girl of my dream. I'll be happy when I get a promotion. I'll just be, and and we, we, we're so caught up with being happy when that we forgot to be happy now. now. Yes, exactly.
0: And it's, it, it's the happiness now is what makes the world so great. And you can do anything. Yeah. How does Measure and Hack help people, will help people eventually find happiness now?
1: I think I think I think it start. I think everything. That I, I sounds so cliche, but it's still, it does start with mindset. It does. You know, it does start with realizing that you know it's really funny in the Measure and Hack methodology. There's this is one piece that I always talk about. I go, you know, when I when I was younger, I always thought financial freedom meant a number, you know, 5 million, 10 million, some arbitrary number that someone has made up for me. And then I realized fairly young. I was lucky. I think it was twenty. 27 or 28 that financial freedom isn't a number it was a it was a it was a mentality it was the realization that money is one of three life resources time money and energy right and all of us got time one in 400 trillion chance of being born and all everybody listening to this podcast (laughs) already made it right energy when we're younger we have a lot more energy than when we're a little older but then again you can manage that if you're careful if you take care of your body and all of that so on and so forth money sure some of us have more money than others but once you realize that you you you
0: take the power away right exactly you know i i uh, you know i live we live on 10 acres in some of the most beautiful one of the most beautiful places in california just south of yosemite national park oh wow what else what else do you need yeah You know, I mean, mean, really, and and I, you know, I get to go skiing. I went skiing on Saturday, and I get to go whitewater rafting when I want to. You know, when the river's up this year, it's going to be kind of gnarly. Um, And I mean, it's great. I I live four hours from LA, three hours from San Francisco. I mean, it's an amazing life, and I get to interview cool guys like you. You know, I mean, mean, (laughs) a lot of fun. So so, so it certainly start. Go ahead. Yeah, people get, but people get so caught up in. Oh, I've got to have a career or I've, I've got, yeah, we have to make money. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you don't have to do it. You don't have to become a slave to it. What I, You know, what I finally learned was real happiness is based on service to others. Yes. Or I can yes. serve other people in, in in many different capacities, the happier I am.
1: The, the, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, you know, financial wealth is based off of service of other people. That's right. Yeah, I, I have, again, it's just one of the lines that we always say is, you know, uh, value creates profit. So create value it, that's, that's as simple as that. Yeah. And and it's, it's, it's also interesting. You know, I have a small team of people that are young people, early on people that work for me and I'm lucky enough to have them. And people always go like, wait, why, why do you, why, why are you so nice to them? And I, and why, why do you, why do you pay them what you pay them? And I said, look, if I make them millionaires, these guys are going to make them make me a billionaire. There's, there's no question about that. That's right. You know? And so, and so, so it's it definitely starts with mindset, but then again, it addresses other things, right? Because again, I'm born, not a born accountant, born entrepreneur, but I trained as an accountant. So systems and data and rhythm and time and actual tactical stuff, it's 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 very familiar with me, right? If I can run a business using system and data and numbers, I can run my entire life off of it. Right. Right. So you start with mindset, but then you move into you know system and data. And again, why is it called measure and hack? Because I think. I mean, human beings are like, we're super inefficient. Like we're bad at, we're emotional creatures. What makes us amazing? Make us not so amazing when it comes to work. That's why we focus on like hacks. You know, and hacks, some have older times have, you know, bad connotation to it. But for me, it's really like small incremental changes. Nothing more than solving a problem. Small incremental changes, right? Instead of this like overwhelming big thing that you want to go for, go for small changes that yield big impact. So then you can go on to live.
0: That's right. No. That's right. So that, uh, that,
1: that that's the whole thing. Now, our, our mission is clear and simple, right? I want I want people that buy into this system, buy into this methodology to achieve more, work less, so then they can go on and live life. There that go. that's the point, living
0: life. Right. And hopefully not become slave to the numbers. The numbers inform, but they don't enslave. No, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not.
1: And in, in fact, another saying that I love is schedules create freedom, right? Systems right. create freedom. People think system box you up. But at the same time, people look at my, you know, social media feed. Sometimes they're like, do you ever work? Like you're always traveling. You're always out having fun. And I say, if you look at my calendar, work is there. Every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's always there because I guess what? I got to work. I got to achieve. But I'm so careful with deploying my time and energy that when things are not scheduled at work, I can enjoy it. You know, I can enjoy my time. I schedule my priorities. there's another big,
0: yeah and there's another big bugaboo there are a lot of people who feel guilty if they don't have if they don't have their calendar filled in other words they've they, they they've really? the forced and veblen idea of the protestant ethic where you know you, you if you if you're if you're not working you're lazy and so they it, it's silly it's it's silly. absolutely silly it's silly if i don't if I if somebody blows me off in an interview or i have a hour i'll go go back and i'll go swim some laps yeah well, yeah. th- throw, throw, the, throw the Frisbee for my little border collie. You know, I'll do something fun and for an hour. So Here's the really- crazy part, right?
1: We have 168 hours in a week, all right? We spend 40 of those hours. Uh, I'm sorry, we spend uh, eight hours, right? Eight, uh, 56 hours a week sleeping. That leaves 122 hours. And then we spend 40 hours, right, working. And then we have 72 hours for everything that we say matters, like our family, our hobbies, ourself, our health. And then also with like eating and drinking and going to the bathroom, like the simple stuff. That's all you get. 72 hours. And why do you think, why do you think like, no, there's 12 regrets, right? That article, 12 regret of people like people on their deathbed. There's never the guy that goes, I mean, I wish I worked harder. I wish I got that promotion. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I know. Spend more time with your family, spend more time with your loved one. We all heard this, we all know this, yet humans are weird. It's it's almost like until. We're there. And then we go, oh man, that was right. And I'm like, why why? Why are we until that time?
0: Well, to your point, we're 98% emotional and like only 2% rational. Wow. And we're we're emotional beings. And and so we're driven by our emotions. And sometimes we're guilt-tripped into by our culture or by our families or by outside forces into doing things that really are not good for us. And and but we but we're told this is what we're supposed to do, that we're told that this is by whoever they are and i don't know who they the capital t i have no idea who they are but yeah. they say that you know we have to do this stuff and and it takes a little bit of courage i think to say no nah, bs to that uh yeah. you know we don't need to be that way and when yeah. you get out of that paradigm everything shifts a- absolutely and, and and it's
1: and it's crazy also we have so much head trash right um oh. Some people might some people, I'm probably not the people listening to this podcast, but then if you just, you know walk into a park and start saying this, people say, "Oh, you can't say that because you already made it again, right that made it, right? You already have money right. you you already live on ten acres. Of course, you can say that. I'll be able to say that when I live on ten acres. right again, I'll be happy when, right. But what they don't realize is that, it's 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 not it's a it's definitely a mental a mentality thing, right? You you first gain the financial literacy or or the realization or the mindset, then you get to live the life. You don't you don't get to live the life and then gain these right minds.
0: Although I will say, I mean, there's there's a, a, a significant portion of our population that's been been, not, been denied opportunity because of structural racism and oppression, and for those people, it's a little tougher, and I totally get that. and that's why we, you know, we've got to be always thinking about that and thinking how can we improve our systems, and our cultural systems, and our political system, and our economic systems to yeah. reduce that pool of people who have been kind of left behind. And that's right. I
1: 100 percent agree. And, but but then again, there's problem in the world, right? There's always going to be problems. There's, there's, there's always going to be a problem. Be- We're lucky. We're lucky to be. You know, living in a time where information are shared so easily on the internet, oh, you know so so, so, yes, you're you're absolutely right. like it's it's a, being able to obtain those information and then growing. and and it's it's very interesting, you know, um Doug, like my family, not me I'm, I'm lucky enough. But my mother's family, like we were extreme poverty, you know, this was let's call it fifty years ago back in Taiwan. Like, extreme poverty in the in way that, you know, my grandmother has eight kids and widowed at 38. And back then you don't remarry, you know, and my aunt was actually almost adopted by, by, by a, a Christian missionary. Right. And then one of my uncle was almost sold off. Um, mm-hmm. But, but then again, it's just that it's, 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 it's really interesting that, and part of the reason why Measure and Hack is created, my mother, girls were not allowed to go to school. Right. But she went to elementary school. And then when she was about to start working after elementary school, um, she was such so good at school, the teacher and the principal came and then, you know, begged my grandma to let her go to middle school again in high school. Right. And so she worked during the day and then she uh, she worked during the day, you know, pairing my youngest aunt. And then, you know, she went to school at night, you know, and then they had to share a pair of shoes because that's that's what it was. But uh, the reason why she did that was because her teacher told her this and said, you know, education is the way out of poverty. Knowledge is the way of out of poverty, which is why today I run measure and and you said, why am I so passionate? The way I see it is it's an education company. It helps you shape and change that mindset. And if I can just change one person's life, right? I mean, our goal is our, our mission is to free a
0: billion people to live life. It's right. just, just one person. It's, it's worth it's it. Worth it, I, and that's exactly my attitude. If I can, if I think I help one person become a little bit happier. If I can show one person how to stop fights and arguments in their lives forever and never have another fight or argument again, it's worth it. Absolutely. And then it just pays off and exponentially because obviously you help more than one person, as do I. I mean, we help. I help tens of thousands of people, and it it's amazing. you know, Absolutely. I, t- I talk about throwing pebbles pebbles into the pond of peace, and you know, I've got thousands of people every day throwing pebbles into the pond of peace and these ripples are spreading out
1: yeah yeah because you you help one person and then they watch a podcast or they interview with you and they right. pick this up the thing about knowledge is it's that it keeps multiplying it doesn't it's not like you give me your knowledge all of a sudden you you lose it right Like right. you give it to me and then now i'm giving it to other people i
0: that you, you're, well, you're talking the same, <laughs> we're playing the same song brother <laughs> absolutely absolutely let's pivot we got a few minutes left let's pivot to listening um you know I, I this is called listening with leaders and i named this podcast because i believe that listening is a kind of a foundational skill of leadership and of life tell me about listening in your life i think listening is
1: Everything, and I think it's a skill set that I continue to learn. I certainly have not mastered it, um, and it's just, you know, I think I think everybody heard this from their parents is like, hey, you know, you were given two years and one mouth, right? <laughs> Listen more, say less, that. right? And and so and so it's the same way. It's like you know, I, I run a I run a business for thirteen years, and doesn't matter if it's with my staff, right? Um, it's listening to them and hearing what's in it for them. Like these guys, these guys give is, are giving up 40 hours of their lives each week, you know, almost a third, right? Almost a third of their life, um, each week, just to, just to work on your dreams, You know, what are their dreams? Being able to listen, being able to empathize with them, being able to relate to them, being able to lead them. It it isn't always, there's always going to be some guy that's going to pay them more money, that's going to, you know, have better benefits and cooler offices. You know, there are always guys richer than you, but how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you bring a team together that, 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 that are truly loyal and that are, that are bought into your mission? I think it starts with, you know, they already bought into your dreams. How are you listening to their dreams and aspirations uh, how
0: are you listening to their struggles I love that I call it listening others into existence hmm. when you listen to somebody and, and you listen to them so deeply that they feel validated and heard yeah it creates instant loyalty and trust yeah and follow you anywhere once you do that yeah. but the secret which you just revealed is you've got to you've got to listen and care about who they are as human beings and to your point, what are their dreams? What are their aspirations? What yeah. what really motivates them? And the only way you get there is by listening to their you listen to their words a little bit, but I teach people how to listen for meaning and emotions. And that's where that's where the real information is.
1: Yeah. And it's it's so hard, right? Again, just like, where do we get these programming from that where we're listening for answers or listening right. for you know, yeah, 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 you know, listening to talk, waiting, wait, or I guess not listening, waiting for my
0: turn to talk. Right. 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 That's yeah. turn-taking. And, and, you know, a lot of this is cultural. A lot of it is, you know, determined by the culture that we grow up in. And, you know, our parents are probably not very good listeners, so they they can't teach you how to really listen. They can, and, and of course, children are supposed to be seen and not heard. So, <laughs> So children aren't getting listened to properly, so they don't learn how to listen properly, and they they carry their programming into adulthood, and it just goes on for generation after generation after generation, and it until you get something disruptive like what I teach, it the, the cycle is not broken, but now I'm hoping that we can break that cycle.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's, it's definitely needed because. I mean, I feel like ninety percent of my life problems are people, right? And, are. And, and, then, because, and then, people is just listening
0: to them. That's right, and, and you can solve eighty-nine percent of those problems <laughs> by listening to just them. By listening to them, <laughs> but you have to know what to listen for. That's the secret. And a lot of people think that they they got to listen to the words. And mm. my the, what I teach: three-step process. Ignore the words. Listen to the emotions. Reflect back the emotions with a use statement. And ignore Mm -hmm. the words especially when people are really upset and Mm -hmm. that's very counterintuitive and counter normative what to what most people think is listening but it's very 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 powerful and that's that's the secret is learning learning when to listen and how to listen from the speaker's frame of reference Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what's what's the reply with the you statement oh this is very interesting um yeah. yeah, you've probably taken active listening classes where uh you're taught something along the formula is something what I hear you saying or what, what I think you're feeling. Oh, that's right. What I hear like, is stupid. yeah. Stupid. Every time you talk about I, you're no longer speaking, you're no longer reflecting from the speaker's frame of reference. Mm-hmm. You're on your frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do deep listening, you always must listen and reflect from the speaker's frame of reference. So you never use an I statement and you oh. never and you never ask a question. Are you angry? Never ask that question. There's all kinds of brain science around this, and we we don't have time to go into it in the show. But this
1: this just shows how much more I have to learn, right? This just shows how important it is because it's it's not. It's so funny. It's not easy.
0: It actually, it's really easy. Hmm. It's it's so counterintuitive that you would never think of it.
1: Got it. Got it.
0: And you you just would not think of this on your Mm -hmm. own, just brainstorming about thinking about listening. But it turns out there are neuroimaging studies that show what happens when you listen this way and basically what happens is that especially people escalated the emotional centers of the brain are deactivated at the same time the right ventral lateral prefrontal cortex is activated just mm. by telling somebody wh- what they're feeling
1: mm.
0: it's amazing science um
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> now you know why i was so excited i'll read up on you
0: <laughs> it's so cool yeah.
1: this, this is the type of stuff that i love right like you you ask about like what measuring hack is or just Just again, understanding us as a human. That's right. Right? Understanding us as a human and then solving something that might be so hard or so difficult with something that, like you said, maybe, I don't know, for for you might seem easy, but maybe I will feel like it's easy later on. But right now,
0: (laughs) it's not hard to learn the skill. What's hard is having the courage to exercise the skill. Exactly. Because it takes a little bit of courage and and faith in the beginning when you tell, because it's really weird to tell somebody what they're feeling. Hmm. in the beginning but then once you get it then you say oh my god how, how come i didn't have i i I needed this right. life you know how do i how can, how can i not do this because it's so powerful. Right. um so what let, we got a few minutes left where 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 where's michael going in life where's he going to end up in 10 years You know, I, I really,
1: I really want. I, I in ten years, same thing in twenty and thirty years, however long I live, I'm, I'm, I'm peddling the whole measure and hack methodology, right? Um, the, the idea of measure and hacking is a continual improvement. The reason why I call it methodology is what's a methodology? It's a study of, right? Mm-hmm. And I said it's a study of a method to optimize a human experience, right? So talking to people like you and just learning about that that's that's part of the measure and hack methodology that's that's mm-hmm. the whole idea and I just want to continue to learn I just I really want it to be I don't know everything nobody knows but I definitely definitely not me if anybody knows everything it ain't me <laughs> but, but, but I feel pretty good about the framework the idea and the pursuit of this optimizing human experience using systems and data using using and I want to be able to create this platform where everybody comes and then sort of have a common language, but be able to build on top of it. Right. How do we measure and hack relationship? How do we measure and hack listening? How do we measure and hack personal fitness and so on and so forth? Sure. It started with business and money and all of that. And I'm going to keep on having that conversation. But then again, the human experience is it's holistic. It's not one-sided. It's not one dimension. But if I can have this platform and I have enough people who understand the platform, it's almost like the USB, right? The USB is just a, it's just a, it's just a platform. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a unified way for us to connect and communicate. If we can have that, you know, I, 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 I'm so, I'm just like excited to see it come together, right? Like imagine you can have, you know, let's call it. Just having a community of people who is in that pursuit of, you know, living life, right? Being able to achieve more work less live life, and being feeling free, feeling fulfilled, and stop having those regret like, man, I wish I lived to my first uh, fullest potential. Man, I wish, you know, I didn't work so hard. Man, I wish I s- spent more time with my mother or father or child as they were growing up. Less regret. And more more enjoyment, more enjoyment, right. more
0: happiness in life. Constant incremental improvement. You say it better than me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> constant incremental improvement. And what I've learned over the years is when you can engage in constant in- incremental improvement, when you look back, your jaw drops at how much you've accomplished. I mean, Perfect. when I start talking about my accomplishments and what I've learned and been able to master, people shake their heads and say, how do you do all that? Constant that? incremental improvement.
1: Yeah, one one step at a time. It's it's one it's at a time. It's it's crazy. Uh, the, I I always say this. I say there's no overnight success because no. success happened overnights, right. right? And and it's just and and every overnight,
0: time, twenty year overnight success maybe
1: twenty years, right? Overnights, right? With an S, right? <laughs> and, and 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 if you look at it incrementally, you don't feel it. That's right. You don't feel it. Just like you you know you have a candle. I think I forgot who said this, but if you have a candle and you run your hand through it. It's not gonna burn you because it was so instant. But if you hold it there- You're gonna burn. You're gonna burn. Success and failure, same thing. One day, day one, nothing. Day two, nothing. Day 300, and you look back and you go, wow. wow. Day 3000, you're like,
0: pretty good. Yeah, exactly. All right, one more question. This is about you personally. What's one thing about you that we would not know unless you revealed it to us. And I feel like I'm an open book.
1: I just, just <laughs> jump out at this. What is one thing that you would not know?
0: We wouldn't know about you unless you revealed it to us. Is there a direction to that? No, or anything. just whatever, whatever. Some u- little unique thing about yourself that maybe a hobby you have or an interest you have or something happened to you growing up that we wouldn't know unless you, unless you told us about it.
1: I mean, I I would have. I mean, I, I think I opened with this one, which is I have data on every single day of my life, going back ten years. oh There you go. I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's that. That's, that that's, so that's,
0: you are a data geek.
1: <laughs> I I am a super data geek, and you know, I started out with just wanting to know, you know, if I got sick or not, and how how happy I was, and it just turned into this ridiculous thing. And now I track my day by every thirty minute increment. Wow. And, 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 and people think it's crazy, but it freed me because I never again, ever since I started doing this, I never again have to say, I don't understand why I'm not successful. I don't understand why I didn't get X. I don't understand why I didn't do, get Y. If you, I go back to look at the time, I knew exactly why.
0: And then you can pick, you, to your point, measure and hack.
1: Yeah, and then I can think, and then again, you, you you take the freedom away from it, you know, that banging your head against the wall. You're like, I've been working so hard, I'm so exhausted. Why aren't I X, right? If you have data, you look at it, you're like, okay, there there it is, there it is. Here's why. And then and then and then it takes that power away, and then now you're like, cool. What, what am I going to do about it? You can always choose to do nothing. That's right. But then all you can always choose to do something, and that just That is extremely, extremely empowering, I think.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michael Zhu. It's been a great conversation.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's one of the best podcasts I've ever
0: been on. Oh, thank you.